I just see you out there, Kevin. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. The final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Kellen Olson joining us, as you just heard right there, on the Arizona Sports Line. And if you haven't read it yet on ArizonaSports.com right now, Kellen has a, uh, a story. Kevin Durant's deep connection to Prince George's County shines with the Suns. And to be able to write this story, he had a one-on-one with Kevin Durant, which is pretty <laughs> Pretty, pretty solid and uh, very insightful, gives a lot of uh, background to Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant already having connections on this team before he ever even got here and some of the connections he has around uh, the NBA just because of where he grew up. Kellen's joining us on the line, so he could probably actually tell the story better than me since he literally wrote it. Kellen, what's going on, man? Good. I'm going to read all 3,000 words on the air starting now. Do it, but do it dramatically, though. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Keller. Uh, I guess let's just start big picture. I mean, obviously you were aware of this to to be able to go out there and initiate the story and set up the, the interview with Kevin Durant. But how much of, of writing this story was a surprise to you? Uh, it was a big surprise to me just hearing, I, I think, the coolest part of the story for me. And I think that different people have responded to different moments in the story. But it was just kind of cool to hear how much of like a local legacy Monty Williams had built up because when I asked Monty about it a couple of weeks ago before the story kind of even really materialized into what it became now, he was talking about how he went to the Tomac High School, which was a public school, and and he was talking about Montrose Christian where Kevin Durant went. He didn't even know at that age Monty wasn't really aware of what private schools were, like prep schools were, right? He, He didn't really know what it really entailed, and something KD talked about was just how for Monty to make it to where he did to go to Notre Dame, even let alone to make it to the NBA, let alone be a first round pick and he'd be able to do that through the public school system. And that area was just incredibly rare. And then Jarrett Jack really had the best anecdote of the story is that when he was like six, seven years old, he went into one of his local gyms where his dad worked and his dad pointed out Monty Williams and said, that's Monty Williams. who's going to Notre Dame. And a young Jared Jack didn't even know that it was possible for people from his area to go to college, to make it to the NBA, things like that. So, like, Monty really built up this local leg- legacy and, like, inspired someone like Jared Jack, even probably without him knowing that. It just kind of speaks to the journey that all of these guys have, but just as well as, like, the example that all of them set for people from their area and how they represent their area. And, and, and the story is about Kevin, but the part about Monty in particular was pretty striking because that's a whole different generation of basketball players we're talking about that he wound up inspiring. So, Killer, for people who don't know, tell us a little bit about Prince George's County. Where is it? What is it all about for people who don't know? Yeah, well, so Prince George's County is a county in Maryland. It borders Washington, D.C., and it has just under a million people. And I think if you've heard someone say PG County or Prince George's County before that you're enough of a basketball fan to have heard it before, it's got a really outstanding reputation for the amount of talent that it produces. And in the story, I wrote it as like, if you look at that, a population of just under a million, the most high-end talent that you're going to see out of that kind of area because you're looking at Len Bias, Danny Ferry, Michael Beasley, Kevin Durant, Jarrett Jack, Jeff uh, Jeff Green, Ty Lawson, Adrian Daly, like Monty Williams. The list goes on and on in terms of the amount of NBA and WNBA players that they've gotten out of there. We're talking about draft picks, undrafted players, and then if you want to go a little bit lower than that, you're talking about like all the D1 players that have come out of that area. The documentary that's on Showtime 
uh, about PG County had the women's coach from Maryland talking, and she was like, "That's that's where I get my best players is PG County, just because of the way the way that they go about their business and like just the kind of basketball that they play there." And, and Jared Jack said it is this kind of like self owned presence that people from PG County had, and he just says he thinks they're tough, competitive people, and obviously the the way in which like the personality is developed around PG County is just there's something to it, right? To, to develop that amount of talent in such a small amount of place. It's, it's a pretty remarkable place. And it's really cool to look at like the generations of it, because you go to Len Bias in 86, you go to Durant in 07, you go to Markel Fultz in 2017, like some, some of the best basketball talents to come out of the draft really in the last 30 years, three different generations that have come from PG County. Talking to Kellen Olson, Kellen, one of the, the coolest parts of the story as you wrote it is, you know, it, it's, it seems like these guys sort of have connections around the league that mean a lot to them, even if they don't totally know somebody. Like Kevin Durant gets here and he kind of feels like he already knows Jarrett Jack. And I know he already did know Monty Williams to a certain extent, but even the first time he met them, it seems like he has ties to them because of their unique background. And, and it almost just seems like that's, it's kind of like wherever you go in the league, if you're from there, you kind of already have a connection with a couple people yeah something that durant mentioned to me is that there's just like a certain accent and a certain way that they even walk like people from pg county too do so they can just be out somewhere like they can just be out somewhere and see someone and, and hear them talk or see the way they're walking and be like where are you from and and then most of the time they're right and, and what they were presuming and then there's the instant kind of connection there. The Jared Jack connection is crazy because Kevin Durant competed in AAU just like any other basketball kid growing up, but he was competing in tournaments run by Jared Jack's family. And and he said Jared Jack and his brother Justin like knew him since he was a baby pretty much. And Jared Jack told me within that story just how he saw Kevin at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. He was seeing month by month, even sometimes day by day, how much better Kevin Durant was getting and then of course by 16 he's one of the best high school players in the country and then everything kind of leads to where where it did but it's just kind of crazy how those stars have kind of aligned for him now that in the tail end of his career he gets to not reunite necessarily but find these two connections from from home here for what could end up being the last stop of his NBA career honestly. How much do you think it shaped KD? What did KD tell you in regard to shaping him as a man and as a player that county? Yeah, I, I think it did a lot. I think you can look at it two different ways. Wolf, certainly the area that he grew up in, but also just how competitive it was from a basketball perspective, right? And how you had to work to separate yourself and how by his time at his age, there was a reputation around PG County basketball. In the late 70s, there was a high school all-star game that got really, that got uh, done annually called the Capital Classic, and it still exists to this day. It's a little bit different now, but back then, it was basically the all-stars from the DMV area, so we're talking about a handful of counties, against the rest of the best high school players in the country. And the DMV area, the Capital All-Stars, they were winning a lot of those games. Like So you, when you were playing in the DMV area, when you were playing in PG County, you were playing against some of the best basketball talent in the entire country right there. So it's just a completely different aspect in terms of how competitive it was there if you look at like the high school scene to matha high school which is where jared jack went that's where victor oladipo went that's where danny ferry went that's where a lot of those guys went was just like this powerhouse and, and durant didn't actually even go there in his senior year he, he went to he transferred to montrose christian so there's just this whole basketball scape there and, and you guys will remember it's of course now because this is the way it is right that the, the you, you're the real mvp the meme of, of kevin durant but Inside of that was his message to his mother and just about how much she had to do 
to get him to that point. And his whole point of that speech and calling her the MVP was that he wouldn't have been there without the sacrifices that she made. So there's just like a lot to his story. And I honestly got to very little of it, but it was cool at least to catch the connection, learn more about where he grew up. Mm-hmm. Well, Callan, we appreciate you joining us. I encourage everybody to check this out. It, look, it's, it's a, if nothing else, it's a good read on Kevin Durant. That's not about injuries. You get to kind so of learn cool. about KD while we wait for him to come back and play, but it's very well written. Obviously it's Callan. What more would you expect? Great stuff. Great access. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kellen. That's Kellen Olson joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. And uh, we're going to stick with the uh, the Suns when we come back here. Text Valley to 62620 become a Phoenix Suns insider to get all the latest and breaking news on the Suns and their quest for an NBA championship. That's Valley to 62620. Suns do have a pivotal game with Milwaukee tonight. We're going to preview it with Suns broadcaster for Valley Sports, Kevin Ray. It's game day with K. Ray next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Suns Bucks tonight at seven from Footprint Center. This is the rematch from just a couple weeks ago that the Suns lost 104-101 in Milwaukee. Now, at the time of that game, we were all thinking, man, this is a good game. What happens if you add Kevin Durant and Giannis to this game? Because neither one of them played. Unfortunately, we know KD is not playing tonight, but uh, Wolf, we got a, a Kevin of our own, Kevin Ray, joining us right now <laughs> on the Arizona Sports Line. It's game day with K Ray. K Ray, what's going on? I can see the excitement of you boys, Luke. Yeah, we we got a Kevin of our own. <laughs> we still I have, get it. We I, still have a Kevin I, running around. I here. can certainly appreciate that. <laughs> there's there's a much more significant Kevin that we'd all like to be seeing and talking about right now. <laughs> Well, um, the game last night, and we knew, right? I mean, everybody looked at this part of the schedule. Golden State and Milwaukee back-to-back, one on the road and one at home. This is going to be quite the challenge. Um, I think a lot of us looked at it as a potential measuring stick or a test if you had your full lineup. When you don't have KD, it's not the same. But what do you think they can potentially get out of last night and tonight's games in terms of of just self-evaluating? Or do you think it's kind of a wash until they have everybody in there? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the easy answer uh, in terms of self-evaluation is you you can't afford to start the way they yeah. they have, really. And you could lump in the Sacramento game, guys. I mean, I know they – and EJ and I talked about this last night, and Monty even touched on it um, after practice and, and leading into last night's game. Even though they got out to that quick 11-point uh, lead in, against Sacramento on Saturday night at home, um, it was it kind of gave you this false sense of security um, mm-hmm. because it, it could have and should have been probably an 18- or 19-point lead. But they just got a little loose and careless. Uh, you know, Monty used the phrase, too many my bads. And and I thought last night was kind of a similar situation. Um, it was a little a little surprising that they looked. I don't know if lethargic is the right word, but um, they they weren't 
prepared, it didn't look like for the force and focus that the Warriors were, you know, coming to the floor with. And, uh, you know, the, the Suns had an opportunity to sweep them last night. Uh, the, the Warriors were well of that. You know, there had been talk about no team has done it against the Warriors when all three of their, you know, main characters are healthy. Um, and look, this is a Warriors team that's been, you know, looking and trying to find ways to motivate themselves. And, well, they found it last night. So how much thought do you think is going on inside that locker room in regard to, okay, Kevin Durant, we don't have Kevin Durant. We all know when KD gets back here, we're going to be just fine. We just got to get into the postseason right now. We got to get in the first six seats. How, how much of this do you think they're actually talking inside that locker room, Kate? You know, Wolf, and I have nothing to base this on other than just what, you know, what I've seen and observed. I I mean, that is not their approach. I mean, they they know, like, what the Western Conference standings look like. So they know you can't afford to have that approach right now. Um, I mean, they started the four seed last night. They're still in that spot. But, you know, you lose – and, and look, look at the, the Boston Celtics. Uh, look at the Denver Nuggets. I mean, a three or four game losing streak, and the Suns have already experienced it once this year. Yeah. You can go from hosting in the first round to starting the first round on the road. And we could say what we want about, yeah, but home court didn't mean anything last year. Do, do you really do you really want to have to endure being on the road the entire playoffs? I, I mean, right. I think to a man, they'd all say no, because they know how important their fan base is. So I, I don't think it's part of their mentality or conversations. Um, it just seems just so way weird too to, much at stake. It just seemed exactly. It seems so weird to see them go out there against the Warriors of all teams on the road, go out there against the Warriors. And they looked oh, I don't want to say uninspired, but they looked uninspired. <laughs> yeah, look, no, I, I, I know what you're saying. I just, I don't, what, whatever it was that led to that, to that look, that start, I don't believe it had anything to do with like, yeah, we're, you know, we're good when KD gets back yeah, because, right. um, and I know you guys were talking about, you know, missing KD and, and I think I've said this a couple of times already, you know, the, the, the loss of KD isn't so much about, you know, the, the fit with the starting group. It is what Monty and the coaching staff are losing in terms of the rotations. Who's going to be my first three off the bench? Who am I going to plug in with Kevin? You know, who, who am I going to keep among my starters on the floor with my two or three bench guys? That's what they're losing. And I think we saw in pretty quick order in three games that KD can, can, is a true plug-and-play guy. But it's the other parts that you plug in with him. When do you do that? How long do you go with that? That's what they're missing in this stretch where he is out. We're talking to Kevin Ray, Bally Sports, uh, right here. It is game day with K Ray. Um, K, when you look at the bench, is there a player or two that you think ideally, like they would prefer? I know they want everybody to play at their best, but if if, if you told Monty Williams, okay, you can pick two guys off the bench that are going to step up and, and start to hit another level, is there a name or two that you think are maybe more pivotal to uh, this team's long term success than the others? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is Monty's selection. I know my selection, and, and it's campaign. Yeah, um, with you. I mean, look, you you have to get something from your backup point guard. 
Um, and, you know, I know Cam's missed a ton of time this year, but you know, we said it last night on the telecast. I mean, he's had one double-figure scoring game in the now eight games that he has been back, and that was, you know, that was the first game that he played. Um, and And that's big, you know, for some obvious reasons, but the most obvious is continue to put pressure on the other team's bench, and we've just not really seen – our bench do that, save for, you know, for Terrence Ross. Um, but I, you know, we, we touched on it last night. Like, I mean, campaign and Damian Lee are two guys that need to step up on a more regular basis on, on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, I think what's compounded the situation with Cam, for whatever reason, he's, you know, he's picking up silly fouls. And all of a sudden, you know, as a bench guy, you're coming on the floor and you've already got three team fouls. Well, you pick up two quick ones and the team's in the bonus. And just all that little stuff starts adding up over the course of a game. So if there was one guy that you would love to see have a huge game tonight, who would that guy be? Well, uh, I mean... Save again for the obvious, yeah. That, that being Devin Booker, I think we've been, you know, we've been pretty much, uh, you know, we've been spoiled of the yeah. fact that that Book's going to go for thirty plus. But I'll, I will double down on DeAndre Ayton. You yeah. know, yep. We we've we've got to have Da be a beast in the middle. Put pressure on this. Bucks interior, you know, yeah. Brooke Lopez uh, is a guy. I mean, if you can, I, I get it why he flies under the radar when you're playing alongside Giannis and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. But Brooke Lopez, I mean, you you talk about the the, the glue to their yeah. championship run and the glue to what they've done this season. It's been Brooke Lopez. So Da and this this team needs to find a way to neutralize Brooke Lopez and make him as much of a non factor as possible. Whether that's you know just through straight up defense, getting him in foul trouble, I don't know. But I think that that's what I would vote on. K Ray, great stuff as always, man. Hopefully next time we talk to you this week, it's uh, about a win tonight against <laughs> the Bucks. Get the Suns back on track yeah. here. All right. I'm down with that. Have a good one, boys. Right, thanks, That's uh, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. I, I really didn't mean for the intro to be like, Kevin Durant, but he's out. So here's Kevin Ray. It's really interesting. A different Kevin. That. Yes, about DA. Yeah. DA, man. DA's got to go off with force. I just. I, and I know everyone's going to say 27 and 12, bro. I, I feel like I've come to peace with DA being man. really good that helps you maybe get over the top and everybody else is good. But I, I just. I don't go into a game, especially against Milwaukee, and think DA is going to win it for the Suns. He might, but I just don't go in like counting on that. And I'm kind of at peace with it because. He is putting up 27 and 12 last night. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, sounds like we have the Cardinals' first notable free agent signing, and it's on the defensive side of the ball. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Wolf and Luke. There are reports out there that the Cardinals are signing Kaiser White, the former Philadelphia Eagle. So there's the connection right out of the gate. There's the connection um, 
to Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis and this defense, and that's the Cardinals going out there and getting a an Eagles linebacker, and that would what? Would that make your linebackers Kaiser White, Zayvon Collins, and Isaiah Simmons? Yeah, this is really, really interesting if, in fact, this is a true story, <laughs> and we think that it is, right? Reports are out there right now. Um, I think you said it, Luke. I think Pro Football Focus has picked this up. So, so as Jordan, well. Jordan Schultz has the story. It, it, that's it's his story. Um, now, Pro Football Focus is picking it up and, and citing him. I okay. mean, I guess I don't even want to say hesitation, but like I haven't seen anything from Schefter or Rappaport or the guys that usually do that stuff. But Schultz has certainly been right in the past. This is not like this is not like okay. some rando on on uh, on Twitter. So yeah, Jordan Schultz is pretty adamant that the uh, the Cardinals. Get Kaiser White two year eleven million dollar deal with the Cardinals. <laughs> there it is once again about five million dollars somewhere in that vicinity for Kaiser White. Um, I like this. I like this signing. This is really interesting to me, and the reason being is because you've got a guy that's been highly productive over the last two years, specifically highly productive. He was a fourth round pick by the Chargers. Played four years with the Chargers. Last year, he played with the Philadelphia Eagles. It was his first year with the Eagles. He played 17 games. As a matter of fact, the last two years, he's played all 17 games. 34 games in the last two years. 144 tackles in 2021. That's that's really productive. That's a tackle machine. And, okay, look. You're the guy that played in the NFL. Give me your how he fits in with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Let's go from there. Well, see, and, and that's what I'm getting to right now. This is a guy that is going to play that weak side inside linebacker as far as I'm concerned right here. And guess what that means, brothers? Guess what that means? That means there's a real possibility you're going to take Isaiah Simmons and you're going to move him to the edge. Now we've all kind of speculated I mean, as to whether or not... I really like it. <laughs> I really do. I'm Here sorry, I do. It's the Philadelphia Eagles and their defensive staff and Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis looking at this situation going, you know, we, we took us on Reddick and we, we went ahead and we put him on the edge right from day one. And we all know Hassan Reddick was the experiment of moving him off the ball. And I think to some degree you could still say the experiment of moving Isaiah Simmons all over the place. I think, and this is just me reading, I could be dead wrong on this. Well, yeah, but you have a, but, but <laughs> you're qualified to give this analysis. You, I appreciate that. <laughs> but man, it, it, this could mean Isaiah Simmons is going to find a home on the edge. They're going to tell him, and this is what I want to tell him. Isaiah, this this is where you're going to play. This is where you're going to sink or swim. This is where you're going to fight or run. This is where you're going to be. We want you to learn every nuance of this position. We want you to learn it because we think you could be really, really good coming off the edge once you get your feet under you, literally, once you get your legs under you. You could be really, really good as an edge guy. We already did it once with Hassan Wright. We're going to try to do it again with you. If you know, I love this 
because of what it means. Well, I mean, Hassan Reddick, you you can't say his name enough in this situation if you're Jonathan Gannon or Nick you Rollins. Can't. Here's Exhibit A. He bounced around your exact team, and they couldn't figure out how to use him basically until the last year. And then by then, he, he priced himself out of here, I guess. I, I still don't really know. And but, that was more of a learning curve for him yeah. before he left. So they can look and say, okay, you're not identical to Hassan Reddick. I think a lot of people would say raw talent. Isaiah Simmons probably has more. You're right. And you'd be like, we're going to do for you what we did for him, which was the most exciting part to me of them hiring Jonathan Gannon was what does it mean for Isaiah Simmons? So this has got me jacked up. Kaiser White, he's going to play the weak side inside. He's a guy that only weighs like 235 pounds, but that's okay because you got Zayvon Collins as your Mike linebacker. You got Zayvon. Now all of a sudden, Kaiser White, too. He knows this defense. He yeah, there's no learning it. curve for him. There's no learning curve. He can really help at that second level. That's really, really important that you got guys who can actually pass their knowledge along out on the field from day one. And hopefully Zayvon Collins will be able to pick it up easier because Kaiser White is right next to him. If, in fact, this is the case, we're running with this, right? Has anyone else confirmed this at all? You've got my hopes. No, I, I mean, I think, I think the trade is happening. Okay, it's yeah, happening. As far as how it's going to all fit together, I'm going to let you run with that. Because okay. now, as you're talking, I'm like, so then what if he drafted Will Anderson, too? Like, what's this defense going to look like? Yeah. Well, you know what? That's okay, right? Well, yeah. That's okay because now all of a sudden you got Will Anderson, you're telling me, on the outside. You got Isaiah Simmons on the other side. And that's all of a sudden you have a pass rush. You got Kaiser and you got Zayvon Collins in there. Oh, boy. Let's get greedy. The other thing, too, with Kaiser White is uh, right now he knows this defense better than anybody on the Cardinals. Yes. Right now he knows the Cardinals defense better than anybody that was here last year. Yes. I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you can overstate that. And it goes back to what you have been saying for the last few days. This is not some big, flashy name. Now, this was a key contributor on a team that went to the Super Bowl, but it's not some big, flashy name. Yes. But it is a, it's, it's a pro, like you keep saying. And it has the Eagles connection, which is we knew they were going to take at least one player from the Eagles. And you know what the best part of it is? It's West Virginia. No. It's West Virginia. The pride of every mountaineer. I'm less interested. Arizona Sports Breaking News Alright guys So this is good stuff The Cardinals Have announced That they have agreed with terms to Kelvin Beecham So that's the first thing And then They announced that they have agreed with Kicker Matt Prater to bring him back To your deal Okay cool And then they signed Corey Clement To a one year contract Okay but they haven't. Well, there's no way they would say anything official about Kaiser White yet. No, just just those three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. So we're we're, we're piecing um, this together though now. At least a little bit of a team. You need about 53 man, guys. I, no, I'm jacked up with the Kaiser White news. This is huge. <laughs> if in fact that is the case, this is huge. You're gonna take Isaiah Simmons. You're gonna put him on the edge, and you're gonna say Isaiah, that's gonna be your position going forward. You are going to sink or swim right here. Learn this position. Everything that it takes to play this position. Learn the pass rush moves you need to succeed. You're not going anywhere else. You're going to go, this is to me. I, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting out over my skis right now. Because maybe may, maybe they are going to move them around. <laughs> I hope they don't do that. I hope they don't. 
I hope they stick them on the edge and say, this is where you're going to be, Isaiah. Your, your career, your NFL career, and whether or not you're actually going to be successful, it's going to be based on whether or not you can play edge. That Throw the gauntlet down. Make a demand. That's what I want to see. If you were holding out hope that they would put Isaiah Simmons in one spot, the best way for that to happen, the most likely way, is if you make the change at head coach and, and front office and everything and defensive coordinator, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this earlier. Like Part of the trade-off of, of going completely outside the organization is it probably contributes to you losing Zach Allen to Denver. Part of the trade-off the other way is there is a chance they just come in and say, no, Isaiah Simmons, ultra-talented. Let's like maximize it in one position instead of trying to pretend we drafted seven guys with one pick. Fresh eyes. Put him in one spot and let him thrive. Yes. We'll see if it happens. No, just let him know. No, dude, you're staying here. This is all you have to learn right here. You got to learn how to take on some blocks because you are going to be the edge. You got to learn how to set the edge. You got to work on your pass rush moves. And every now and then, we're going to drop you off, of course. But you've got to learn to play edge in the National Football League. This is where you are either going to soar or you're going to sink. All right, coming up next, we'll uh, we'll stick with the NFL. You heard it right there that Kelvin Beecham is coming back. What exactly does that uh, mean for him and Hollywood Brown? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We got Wolf all fired up and then ended the show, basically. Man, I, it's, it's sinking in right now. I am jacked up about the Kaiser White acquisition. So... There, I mean, we were talking during the break how much one addition. Like the, the, when's the last time that we had encouraging Cardinals <laughs> personnel news? You know what I mean? And, and not, taking nothing away from Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for it, but I mean like actual players on the field. It was it was a full year of just guys getting hurt or so far guys leaving. Or in the case of Kelvin Beecham, somebody coming back. And even though it's not as exciting as going out and adding a player from another team, it's still a big move, and i got to be honest, Wolf. When the season ended, I kind of thought, okay, Beach, he'll, he'll be back, right? I mean, this is a guy that he doesn't cost a ton. He's a he's a good leader in that room. Sort of to the, the point you've been making, it's not like you're talking about a pro bowler, but you are talking about a consistently solid offensive lineman. Like, he's he's not going to make or break your offensive line. You're not going to look and yes. say, oh, this is the best offensive line in football because they have Kelvin Beecham, but he's going to help you, and, and I think, in a lot of ways that aren't necessarily measured by stats. Yes. But then last week, with everything that happened, I kind of assumed, all right, maybe they're not going to bring him back. I was right there with you. I was like, maybe this means that. Maybe he's trying to actually help Kyler Murray as he departs. On the way out. On the way out. And and I I guess I should rephrase that. It wasn't that I didn't think the Cardinals were going to bring him back. I I thought maybe he already had a destination in mind. Right. And was like, look, basically what you just said, I'm going to wherever – but I am still invested in this quarterback, and they're asking me this question. I'm going to answer it honestly, as Kelvin Beecham always does. 
But it did sort of have the tinge of, but I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. And when Hollywood Brown responds, it's like, okay, these guys both know they're not going to be teammates next year. Well, it turns out they are going to be teammates next year. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. More on this as the offseason unfolds. But right now, the I, I'm jacked up because the news coming down about Kaiser White, of course, number one. But also, the Arizona Cardinals and Calvin Beecham, you know how much I think of Calvin Beecham. Seriously, mm-hmm. this this is a pro's pro. They need Beach in that locker room. Strong. He's super smart, of course. He's tough. He's a pro. He's a dog as well. And you need these guys. You need guys like Calvin Beecham inside that locker room. Might not be a pro bowler, but he's not going to get you beat either. He's going to be a pro and go out there and do his job. And you know what? The Arizona Cardinals' new coaches, they watch him on tape. They know it. Clayton Adams, the new offensive line coach, he's watched Calvin Beecham on tape. Drew Petzing has watched Calvin Beecham on tape. JG has watched him on tape. Monty Ossenford has watched Calvin Beecham on tape. And they all know this guy is not the problem. He is not. He's part of the answer, part of the solution going forward. And that's what I love. Bring them back. I'll be honest. When Hollywood Brown tweets that stuff out last week, it's hard not to think Kyler Murray thinks the same way, which maybe isn't fair to say, right? But, I mean, anybody driving around has, you know, closer friends that they'll just kind of talk to casually. You know what I mean? I shouldn't say that. They'll throw stuff out casually, which is sort of accepted. Like the last thing Hollywood Brown tweeted, Kyler's been running for his life the whole time, at Kelvin Beecham. That was the tweet, right? Like, okay, (laughs) basically the offensive line doesn't protect him. It's hard to read that, and maybe this isn't fair, without thinking, okay, these guys are like best friends, and it's probably just a running joke or maybe just event session between Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown that these guys don't protect for me. And I'm taking the heat because I'm the quarterback, but they can't block for me. Now, I don't know that Kyler feels that way. That might just be Hollywood Brown's opinion. But that was my first thought when I read it of like these guys talk about this so much and it just kind of snuck out in this tweet. Either way. There's going to have to be a conversation. <laughs> There's going to be a conversation. You can't this is just great. have this Listen, like coldness all season. You know, I, I agreed with Hollywood. You agreed I did. with Hollywood that he shouldn't have said he it should publicly. Have said the word publicly. The words publicly. Um, Calvin Beecham should not have said, in my opinion. Grow up and be a man. But you wouldn't have a problem okay. with Calvin Beecham saying that directly to Kyler Murray. No, I would not. Way. No, I would not. No. As a matter of fact, that's what has to happen. That's what I'm hoping continues to happen with everybody inside the locker room. You need truth, ladies and gentlemen. You need truth. Um, And I'm hoping this is going to lead to a meeting of the minds inside that locker room. You got to have it out. Look at each other in the eye. Be respectful. Tell the truth. And do it in the name of strength and goodness. Man, this is what I've done before. I've experienced it myself. I know people don't understand it. It's so bizarre. Do you know a brawl? This is the one thing about it. Nobody would ever expect this. A brawl on the field actually brings you closer together. (laughs) It does. You you actually respect the guy that you brawled that much more. You respect him. And then not only that, everyone else around you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that that happens in the game. It actually brings you closer together. 
saying the truth, looking at another man dead in the eye and saying it the way that it is, is so important inside the locker room. Now, again, are there some guys who are going to get butt hurt? Yeah, there are some guys who are going to get butt hurt. There are other guys that are going to respond well to it. And this is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping they're going to have it out inside that locker room where many, many disputes have been settled like men and done with decency and strength. Well, and you're not just talking teammates. You're talking two guys on offense. And whether he has anything to do with the conversation or not, he's part of it. So Kyler Murray, you're talking three guys on offense. You're talking your quarterback, one of the only offensive linemen you currently know is on the team right now. And your number one receiver, because I'm assuming DeAndre Hopkins gets traded. So there's there's got to be a a sit down, at least between Kelvin Beecham and Hollywood Brown, of like, hey, let's get this all out in the open. I mean, I'm assuming that stuff gets thrown out in the open during the season anyway. Oh, yeah. But apparently not. Apparently there was there was some stuff that was building last season, which would make a lot of sense based on what we saw in the field. And here's you can count on Kelvin Beecham to do it the right way. Well, that's you what I was going to say. Count on him. I could 100% see him initiating it and being like, look, man. Yes. We're all on the same team I just want to go back to this. Kaiser White. (laughs) I just want to go back to this right now as we're wrapping this up, this beautiful part of the show, Basinonians. But Kaiser White, weak side inside. (laughs) Weak side inside. Look, everybody. It's Zayvon Collins out there with Kaiser White and all Isaiah Simmons. Are you going to move him to safety? Why, why would you do that? You got Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. What are you doing? We got to you lost get, your we, mind? We got to get Zoe on the show at some point this week if he's around because, like, who knows more about moving around in the NFL and playing every position than Zoe. Zoe on. Yes, yeah. especially moving him to the edge where Zoe took off up in Buffalo when they moved him to the edge. Yeah, well, maybe we can do that this week. I'm, I'm not sure uh, what uh, his schedule's like, but that's that's. Oh, I'm sure, Luke. That's our <laughs> producer Wolf has uh, has stepped in. All right, producer. I'm Wolf, sure. Any other Command guarantees? Control can actually get Zoe on this show. Any other guarantees you want to make before we go to the uh, break? No. He already said the BPI would produce a perfect bracket. I believe I heard that earlier. <laughs> Zach, what are you laughing at, uh, Zach? I didn't <laughs> say anything, Zach. Are you kidding me? No. Zach's in there trying to prepare the world's greatest update. Okay, okay? here he's, we go. He's going to find the formula for the perfect update. Uh, I should say this too real quick. I looked at the Ken Palm yeah. rankings. Okay. They had Nevada 43rd and ASU 68, so I'm not using Ken Palm for this either. Oh, wow. I want to find, like, is there one on, like, ASU's website? I'll just use their metrics. What a kick in the cradle. All right. That's why they play the games, and that's why the BPI doesn't work. That's Thanks right. to Jesse Morrison <laughs> and Laura Crowell behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.